Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio and on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station for the Inner Life at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction and today, redemptive suffering. So here we are two days before Christmas, the uh, glorious birth of our Lord Jesus, and we're going to talk about suffering. Well, the reality is that a lot of us, I mean, a lot of us are suffering right now. The pandemic, the fear of that, missing uh, loved ones we can't be with, or who are now gone, the melancholy, sometimes uh, the depression often associated with the Christmas season, even the burden of our children and grandchildren who no longer practice the Catholic faith. So many crosses uh, for all of us, no doubt about that. Some are big, some not so big, but the suffering can be tough to deal with, and maybe especially this time of the year. Well, we're going to talk about that here today and how we can make our suffering redemptive. Here to help us on the journey, our spiritual director, back with us once again, Father Sam Martin. Father Martin is a priest in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin, pastor of Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Wausau, one of our regular contributors. Father Sam Martin, welcome back. Merry Christmas. How are you? Oh, I'm well, Chuck. It's great to be with you. Here we are just uh, less than 48 hours before the birth of our Lord, so there's a great anticipation, excitement, or uh, maybe anxiety if you're not ready. But uh, anyway, uh, it's good to be with you today. Well, looking forward to our conversation. As we do uh, every day, we'll open up our phone lines, inviting you and our listening audience to join us on the program. And redemptive suffering, uh, how's that going for you these days? And your cross, how heavy is it? Here to talk about that uh, with you, if you want to join the conversation, we'll get the phone lines open here in just a moment. But Father Sam Martin, get us started. Redemptive suffering, what are we talking about? Well, it's a Christ with a cross. It's a a baby who cries, one that experiences pain, uh, the separation from his mother being born is a traumatic experience. And so we, we, obviously, we equate joy and peace with Christ, who is the Prince of Peace. He comes into the world, and he unites heaven and earth. And, but he, from the very beginning, it's, it's clear. I mean, if you see the, the icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help, for example, it's a, a little one of these legends that, that Jesus, when he was little, he had a premonition that the angels show him these instruments of his own death, his martyrdom, that he would be the lamb led to the slaughter, the sheep that opens not his mouth, and the prophecy in Isaiah 53, for example, the suffering servant. So it's clear that this was a baby who was different than any other, and that uh, uh, a child shall be born to them, and but a child that is God's only begotten son. And he came to unite heaven and earth, but not... Uh, in the way that we may have suspected or hoped that uh, we'd be free from suffering, that it would be back to the Garden of Eden where we can walk with the Lord and uh, there's no pain, no uh, no regret, no sin. And uh, that is his kingdom. But he, as he reminds Pontius Pilate, his kingdom is not of this world. 
He came to redeem uh, each one of us to pay a price we couldn't pay, but he did that by embracing his suffering, by accepting the human condition and teaching us that if we would do the same, if we would imitate him in this, trust him in this, that we could become like him. Oh, for all the ages, we hope in heaven someday, but even now, we could learn to, uh, in this life, find uh, holiness, we find patience, we find a love for sinner, we find uh, a great mercy, we find uh, all the things that our hearts desire, and uh, in the strangest place of all, the paradox of um, well, what they call the foolishness of the cross, the stumbling block. That uh, so sometimes I'll even make this uh, you know this parallel between the wood of of the manger where he's laid in swaddling clothes uh, and the wood of the cross. That already uh, he came into this world to save it. How? By accepting the human condition and uh, everything but sin. That's the one thing that. Uh, is impossible for God, and so he would um, teach us. How do we deal with uh, the crosses that we don't choose, we don't want, especially in the year 2020? They seem so ubiquitous and, uh, you know, inescapable. What are we supposed to do? And in this time of the year, ironically, people sometimes feel the, uh, you know, the, what we call the blues, right? The, uh, the darkness of, you know, it's, we're supposed to be happy. And actually, in confronting suffering, accepting it, embracing it even, with God's grace, leads to happiness, holiness, and peace. When we run from it, bury it, try to get away from it, uh, medicate it away or whatever, uh, that's where we find sadness and, uh, and real sorrow. So it's uh, good for us to think about these things and with God's help to accept them. Father Sam Martin, our spiritual director, let's open up our phone lines if you'd like to join us on the program today. It's a toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149. You can email us as well, interlife at relevantradio.com. But as we talk about redemptive suffering today, uh, the cross uh, you're carrying uh, these days, what is it and how heavy is it? But have you discovered some way to embrace the suffering, to offer it up, as uh, we like to say, and find some light in the darkness? Certainly, if you have any questions about what we're talking about today, we invite you to join us as well. Again, toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149. So, Father Martin, you, you alluded to it. I mean, the reality is uh, two days away, the joy of Christmas, the Christ child coming to us, and yet um, this time of the year uh, does get heavy for us. The crosses do get heavy, don't they? Yeah, I sometimes, uh, you know, I ask people really to pray for those who, uh, Christmas represents a sadness, uh, the loss of maybe loved ones, uh, you know, things of, of the, you know, all these things that can conspire against us. I mean, we, when we want to be happiest, we can find that, uh, you know, we just are out of sorts, and that, you know, really can be overwhelming. So uh, and now we, it's the, the winter time, and the light is not much of it, at least in the northern hemisphere, so we we know that um, we can help each other by our prayers and to confront, you know, the, the mystery of, of iniquity, the mystery of sin, the wages of sin or death. And so um, maybe this year we're, you know, feeling that more than, than ever before, or the fear that's got the upper hand. We know, you know, there's a, a vaccine or two now that um, are going to be accessible soon, but uh, maybe the all the financial woes and, and maybe the loss of friendship, all the arguments that were a part of our political season, and, and maybe we want people to subscribe to our narrative, how we, you know, interpret the pandemic, so to speak, and, and others don't see it that way, or whatever. I mean, there's just so many things that can conspire against the joy that we want to feel, and probably at some point we had some happy Christmases, but 
maybe we're um, not uh, feeling that that's going to happen this year, and that makes us feel even, you know, doubly blue, uh, inordinately depressed about um, our prospects for, for happiness. Yeah, and you brought up the word trust, and uh, talk about that a little bit, if you would, in terms of carrying these crosses, uh, whatever they are, big, small, as we uh, mentioned, whatever that is, uh, heavy, maybe not so heavy, but the ability to recognize that and maybe even embrace uh, the cross, but to trust that God is with us in it. Yeah, and that's, uh, for us, a lot of for most conversions, I suppose that's the entry point, is that we are suffering, and uh, maybe we try to, uh, you know, there are compensatory behaviors, and we try all of them, and it never works. And then we, at the last, you know, uh, kind of ditch attempt, uh, we turn to the Lord. And, uh, you know, Oscar Wilde from his prison cell, he said, how else but a broken heart could the Lord Christ enter in? And in our brokenness uh, is when many of us discover that, then we see him on the cross as if for the first time, like you too. And then we start to discover his innocence and his beauty. And then we find the, the scandal of it, that why did he have to suffer? Why would he have chosen that as the means of our rescue? He could have done it another way, we, we think, we, we presume, but this was the way that he chose. And, so, uh, and we see in Christ, his human nature quivers a bit the night before, let this cup pass, but not my will your will be done. So we can relate to that, that we too, we, Lord, not this, anything but this. Now, I don't, I, I'll suffer if you want, but not, not in this way. And um, so we can see in Jesus a person that, um, while a divine person, one that we can respect, even learn to love. And, uh, but what, what, trust what it really requires is that we let him love us. We let him into, you know, we, we can be defensive. We, uh, you know, we're afraid. We don't want anybody to see, you know, so we just, uh, like Peter, depart from me. Lord, I'm a sinful man. I don't want you to see my brokenness uh, where I hurt. And, um, you know, like an animal that's that's wounded, I mean, they, uh, they can be uh, fairly resistant, and we find something similar in us. So trust is indispensable to love, and it's a grace that uh, the Church is always praying that, because um, otherwise how can we acknowledge that we are his children, you know, God's children, even now, what we're later to be hasn't been revealed, but uh, it was this that Jesus wanted us to understand, that my Father is your Father. And the only prayer he taught us was to say that over and over again, our Father. And maybe at Christmas, you know, there's that spirit of being like a kid again. You know, that's uh, the innocence, the awe, the wonder that the world experiences, even if we don't know why. But I think all over the world, on Christmas Eve night and into Christmas Day, we feel that, that somehow we're little again. Someone else will take care of uh, uh, our needs, and that someone is an omnipotent, perfectly loving being. Even if we don't know who he is yet, we and we wonder if it's not true after all. Yeah. Well, and uh, build on uh, trust here for us, if you would, uh, Father Martin, in terms of, uh, I mean, I can, I, I sit there sometimes, and I'm sure somebody listening today is saying, yes, yes, I want to trust. Yes, I want to trust. Okay, I'm going to do my best to trust. But you know what? And back to what you talked about, accepting the human condition, I'm still afraid. I'm still anxious. I'm still uncertain. Okay to be all of that in the midst of our effort to try and trust in the Lord? I don't think it can be escaped, you know. I think those are just things that, uh, in our spiritual life, we're honest about, you know, whatever, what are our thoughts, feelings, desires at this present moment, and then we, we give those over to God. I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm, 
I feel that you betrayed me, you know, that I thought I could trust you, and I feel that you haven't uh, followed through on what I expected, or, you know, all those things that are, are so real. I, I wrote down, um, you know, in terms of an example, this uh, Elizabeth Lesueur, who wrote, uh, she had this, the, the secret diary of Elizabeth Lesueur. She died of breast cancer in 1914, and, um, you know, she married an atheist and thought, well, maybe her faith would be influential that would help him to come to God, but it kind of backfired, you know. He, he led her out of the church for quite a while, and then she got sick. She was um, diagnosed with breast cancer, and uh, it was the cross then, her suffering, that led her back to the crucified one. But the one who, in the end, he drank that chalice to the dregs, and he said, now death, you will die in me. So after she died in 1914, uh, his her husband discovered this secret diary, and, and he was incensed by it. He never knew. And let me just read one little passage that he discovered that really upset him, because this was a part of her life that he never suspected. And so she had written, In 1905, Elizabeth I asked Almighty God to send me sufficient sufferings to purchase your soul. She's writing about her husband. On the day that I die, the price will have been paid. Greater love than this no woman has than she who lay down her life for her husband. And so she found in her suffering that a means of, of union with God, a God who was on the cross, but not forever, not even for long. And this life is, I mean, time slows down when we're suffering, and it seems that it's never going to end, and then we lose our, our resolve. Our hope breaks down, and we just say, I can't do it. But this woman, for those nine years, as she carried the cross of, uh, of her breast cancer, she didn't waste any of it. She knew that the Lord will redeem this. And when we go to Mass, we hear the words of the priest at the altar, pray, brothers and sisters, pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours. Well, what is our sacrifice? Our suffering, you know, our heartache, the, uh, the dream is never going to be realized. The, uh, I lost my job. I, I'm not going to have the career that I had hoped, or my marriage isn't going the way I wanted, or I've got kids that are kind of away, estranged, and I'm afraid, afraid that it's partially my fault, and people that don't practice, don't come to church, and those are our sacrifices. We can lay that on the altar, and then God, who is changing bread into his body and wine into his blood, well, he can change those sacrifices and that suffering. You know that So that when the husband discovers this, he goes to Lourdes. He's so upset, he's going to write a tract against the Blessed Virgin Mary, defeating her once and for all, but they say as soon as he got there, he looked up at the statue in the cave where Mary appeared to Bernadette back in 1858, and he, his heart just gave way. I mean, he collapsed. He started to cry and then to sob, and, and then he knew that um, his wife, her sacrifice, had been received in heaven. And uh, he reconciled, and uh, he told this all to uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, who was giving a retreat, because by this point... Uh, Elizabeth's husband was in the seminary studying. He became a Dominican priest uh, for the last 10 years of his life. And he writes the preface for this book, The Secret Diary of Elizabeth Lesueur, and it's very touching. They've opened her cause. They think that, you know, that she was a saint. And how did she become so holy? Redemptive suffering. It's a catapult. It's a, a springboard. It, it leads a person to a level we have no right by nature to attain. But if we accept it, and uh, that starts with fighting it, typically, being angry about it, sad, uh, you know, saying, Lord, you duped me, and I was duped. I signed up, but I didn't, not, not for this. And uh, out of that, then, that kind of honesty, uh, the Lord says, he, he has his way of comforting us. You know, it's like a kid has a, throws a tantrum, 
you don't sit down and give them a logical lecture about how this is only going to lead to more. No, you let them cry it out. Let the storm pass. You know, it's a, have a good cry and and uh, you know, shake your fist at the heavens and all right, are you ready? Uh, okay, this I feel better now. Thank you. And um, and that's how we can move into the deeper waters of real trust. Yeah, and you know, one more comment on that. What a beautiful story! I had not heard that about Elizabeth uh, Lesueur. I was uh, familiar with the name, but not familiar with the story. You use the word um, she didn't waste her suffering, and I wonder sometimes. I mean, we all suffer to some degree, but I wonder sometimes: do we waste it? Do we not recognize uh, maybe uh, what it is uh, in the in the suffering that there really is something redemptive that we don't have to waste? it. Yeah, and I think by wasting, it's just when we, you know, we talk about it in a way that, you know, and we, we usually are trying to find a scapegoat, someone to blame and, you know, take your pick. I mean, I, you know, when we were in the quarantine back in, in you know, early spring for 10 weeks and we had to sit out Holy Week, I mean, those are long, hard days, I think, for all of us. That uh, The loss of being able to live our faith a way that we've maybe just taken for granted. And I had to pray a lot not to be angry at whoever. I mean, I you can blame, maybe we would blame the bishops or the pope or I don't know who, but you, you're looking for someone. To, and then with a political season, you know, it's so easy to, to get angry and to get upset and that we're suffering and what's going to happen, what's the future of our country, and how would I know? But there's no sense wasting. Why don't you pray, bring that to the chapel, lay that on the altar? And, and I've had to say that uh, I've prayed more this year than any of my life, and maybe that was the point. Maybe that's why God, he's not punishing us. I mean, people will say that this is a chastisement. Yeah, sometimes we, I think we unfairly turn God into an angry, a mean cop, you know, not a one that really cares for us, but is just trying to catch us doing bad things and put us in our place. And he's a father, you know, he's a, a loving father. Now, right, I mean, a, a good parent, you have to let your kids grow up and uh, you have to let them realize there are consequences to the choices that you're making. And, uh, any responsible parent has to allow them to learn some things the hard way, the little ones, but uh, but he's not, you know, trying to put us in our place, even though sometimes we wouldn't fault him for it. We'd say we deserve it. So um, the, the, the year that we've had, I think that's what makes this a germane topic today, is that uh, it's going to be a different Christmas. And, uh, you know, we could be sad, angry about that. I have loved ones I can't see. I can't go to Mass. I, it's not safe yet for me, and I, I'm just tired of not being there. And I feel guilty, and then I, and I feel that you know. Then we start, you know, making claims in our heart about this or the other thing. That no, oh, acknowledge it. It's a, it's a tough year, and we want to learn to grieve the things that we can't, um, we can't share the things that we've uh, wanted to be, uh, and they're not going to be realized. Well, as Elizabeth Lesueur found that, uh, offering it for someone, you can be specific. Attention too. I mean, uh, someone's conversion, uh, someone's healing, someone's uh, eternal rest, their their salvation, uh, consolation of people that are uh, going through tough things, offered for a particular reason. Or as St. Louis de Montfort, he just give it to the Blessed Virgin Mary and say, "Mama, you know who needs it, so I offer it to you." And uh, prayer, when it's united to Christ, uh, or suffering united to Christ in prayer, I always think it's like throwing a rock in the ocean. I mean, it could be a jagged you know, rough uh, piece of rock, but leave it in there for a week, you won't see any difference. Leave it in there for 10 years or 50, and it changes. Why? Because the salt, the sand, the surf, uh, it becomes smooth all over. And I think that's an image of our soul that uh, 
let it uh, run its course. Uh, accept the suffering in a spirit of faith, real trust, like you said, Chuck, the trust in the Lord, and uh, you'll see. But um, it's a slow process. And yeah. I can talk good Chuck, I just can't live it. <laughs> <laughs> True for all of us. We are talking today about redemptive suffering. So what cross are you carrying these days, and how heavy is it? But have you discovered some way to embrace the suffering, to offer it up, as we like to say, and find some light in the darkness? If you'd like to join us, spend some time with Father Sam Martin, toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is today's Gospel reading from the New American Bible. Luke, chapter 1, verses 57 through 66. When the time arrived for Elizabeth to have her child, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy toward her, and they rejoiced with her. When they came on the eighth day to circumcise the child, they were going to call him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said in reply, No, he will be called John. But they answered her, There is no one among your relatives who has this name. So they made signs, asking his father what he wished him to be called. He asked for a tablet and wrote, John is his name. And all were amazed. Immediately his mouth was opened, his tongue freed, and he spoke, Blessing God. Then fear came upon all their neighbors, And all these matters were discussed throughout the hill country of Judea. All who heard these things took them to heart, saying, What then will this child be? For surely the hand of the Lord was with him. You can find all the daily readings at relevantradio.com slash gospel or tap the prayer tab on the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio Studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. I'm Chuck Neff, along with our producer, Nick Schmitz, Jim Shaper. Answering your phone calls, Father Sam Martin, our spiritual director. Father Martin is uh, the pastor of Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Wausau, Wisconsin, that in the Diocese of La Crosse. Talking today about uh, redemptive suffering, and phone lines are open if you would like to join us as we talk about uh, redemptive suffering. What cross are you carrying these days? How heavy is it? But have you uh, discovered some way to embrace the suffering, offered up, as we like to say, and 
maybe some find some light in the darkness of your life. Again, toll-free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. Just a real quick mention, if you joined us late today, we would invite you to download the podcast. Uh, you can hear the entire program. Easy to do. Go to the website, relevantradio.com, the Inner Life page, and we will have today's program uh, that's all uploaded all oh, within 30 to 60 minutes after we're off the air. And uh, you can uh, download it and listen to it again. Don't forget, tell your family and friends as well. You never know how someone might be impacted by what they hear here on The Inner Life. Father Sam Martin is our spiritual director talking about redemptive suffering. Before we get to some phone calls, can you just maybe give us an overview, Father, in terms of what can we do to better, quote-unquote, offer up our suffering and make it redemptive? In the end, it's always a relationship with the Lord that, uh, you know, kind of invites us to see how he responded to suffering in in his life that uh, is recorded in the scriptures and, you know, praying the stations of the cross and meditating on how he responded to the things, the slights that he, uh, you know, he he heals the the ten lepers and only one returns to him, so he experiences ingratitude, and that clearly stings him. I mean, this is a man, uh, well, a God who has a human nature, and uh, is obviously a very sensitive nature, one that is perfectly integrated. So he would have known injustice and and the the lukewarm nature of the human heart. And so we want to get close to Jesus. That's the goal of our life. And uh, as we do so, then we become more aware of that um, being closer to him doesn't make our life easier. He said that, you know, if you want to, follow me, but in the world you're going to have trouble. As they've treated me, they're going to treat you. So uh, it's not a, a religion that promises more comfort, but it certainly promises more uh, beatitude, uh, a blessedness, uh, what we call happiness in, in the deepest sense of the word. Now, uh, I always, uh, one of my favorite lyrics, one that's, I don't know, haunted me, but followed me around for many years, uh, which I was introduced to by a, a priest down in Lafayette, Father Bryce Sibley. Anyway, it's a Led Zeppelin lyric from this song, When the Levee Breaks. And uh, you being in St. Louis, you know, a levee, Chuck, is something that uh, it's an embankment that keeps a river from flooding you out. And um, the song goes, if it keeps on raining, the levee's going to break. And then <laughs> later on, there's like this sense of futility that crying won't help you, praying won't do you no good. And we live that way, I'm afraid, that, you know, that there's nothing about it. And so then we tend to bury it, try to medicate it away with buying, eating, drinking, whatever, you know, use these things. Uh, I don't want to have any pain. Uh, and and in the praying part, we're just not convinced. You know, I prayed and nothing happened uh, because we have some sense that prayer is supposed to finally result in getting what I want, when I want it, and how I want it. And that's uh, you know, what praying does is it aligns our will with a perfect being, with a God who knows, and he permits things, hard things, not out of punishment, not to expose us or to humiliate, but to help us to grow, uh, to be a genuine, loving, mature person, which never happens by accident. So anyway, the uh, crying won't help you, praying won't do you no good. That's, um, those are the demons of futility. And they say that, you, you know, pain is to be avoided, unless, you know, you're trying to uh, become a great athlete or something. We get it there, you know, no pain, no gain kind of thing. But in the spiritual life, we think that we're doing something wrong. And uh, the other insight that I'll, I'll mention, and I'll be quiet for a moment here, Chuck, but comes from St. John Vianney who heard, you know, I mean, probably as many confessions as any priest in the history of the human race. And he was asked if he learned anything about human nature in all those years, you know, and he thought for a moment, and he said, yes, the people are more sad than they appear to be. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a lot to kind of guard our hurts and our disappointments. And But in the end, if we could just give those to God, tell somebody, especially a spiritual friend. I mean, God lives in the light. We don't fix each other. Right? We can't, you know, I don't know, some spiritual a bullet or some magic wand that I know. When people come to me, it's just good to talk. God lives in the light, and we can expose those things. Our hope starts to grow. If we don't, we just handle it ourselves, bury it, pretend it. We don't have any problems. Well, that's all it is, is a game of pretend, because uh, the devil works in the darkness, and he loves to use that stuff against us. You'll never change. You can't be holy. Who do you think you are? You know, and uh, because you're sad, here, you want to buy a watch, and, you know, it's always junk. It's a counterfeit. doesn't work, but um, that's how he keeps us uh, in our hurts, and God would, he would uh, redeem those things. He would say, I mean, Jesus, even after he rose from the dead, still has his wounds. Not to accuse us, see what you did to me, no. But to show us this is what love is. Love suffers. It's willing to for the beloved. Any parent knows that. I, I would do anything to help you to have a happy life to a son or a daughter. And um, now it's easier said than done. But um, so yeah. those are a few little insights about uh, how we can offer these things up, um, telling the Lord, but also maybe... Uh, some of the Lord's friends, uh, a priest or religious or just a spiritual friend. It's good to have, um, if it's not our spouse, maybe somebody else that has already a deep faith and relationship with the Lord. Father Sam Martin, our spiritual director, talking about redemptive suffering today. Let's uh, head to the phones and let's start with Joni listening in Riverside, California. Hello, Joni. Welcome to the program today. Hi, Chuck. Hi, Father Sam. I had a question. Um, regarding the uh, spiritual suffer, suffering. Um, and in my life, I, um, in my earlier life, I tried very hard to be obedient to the Church, and I suffered a great deal um, in, from family persecutions, and I suffered very badly. And I didn't realize, I didn't um, appreciate the value of suffering. And now I wonder often if there's, you know, I wish I could redo that somehow and make that suffering count. Is there any way you can repair or, you know... The Lord can. I mean, that's the good news, is that he's not limited by time or space. We are. You know, we put our hand to the plow and don't look back. Uh, We'd all like to go back and omit or edit or modify some of our life. But if we did, Joni would be a different person. I mean, you remember that with some sadness, but God will use that because you're aware of it and you're giving it to him. Uh, It's our, our failures and our struggles that unite us to others. Sometimes we come into contact and we know exactly what this person is feeling. And um, they might say, how do you know this? Wisdom comes from suffering. And some of that is, is failure. And that's, uh, you know, we, it's easier to learn from other people's failures than our own. But we, it's, a, it's a rich ground uh, and a very fertile spiritual uh, source of, of wisdom that, you know, we, um, I heard Patrick Madrid say one time when he was, uh, somebody complimented him that he handles all these things on the, on air so well, you know, sometimes people are confrontational or, or they're just kind of mean or whatever. And, and he said, well, thank you, but uh, I've made just about every mistake, and so I've learned from those. God helped me to... And so then you could 
see in, in him, and maybe in your own life, with time and prayer and God's grace, you'll see that uh, I, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. I, I wish I could have done it differently, but I know that God drew something greater than if it had never happened at all. Uh, so, and there'll be other opportunities, not the same. Uh, you know, life, uh, it's not exactly circular. It's, a, you know, we just, history repeats itself. Uh, kind of. I mean, they say it more like it's an echo, right? And it's, it's always a different level as we go forward in our human existence. So I don't know if that helps, Joni, but let me know. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Yeah, we yeah. Have, we're limited in those ways, but God isn't. So just by acknowledging and being aware of it, uh, some of these things take well a lifetime to heal, I suppose. There's always a scar, always a reminder of, yeah, I still, in my heart, still wish it could have been different. But, um, but the wisdom comes, too, that uh, I see how the Lord has redeemed it. And, um, you know, he permitted it, and, uh, and I lo- learned I grew because of it. Yeah. Joni, thanks uh, for the call. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, Thanks for joining us on the program today. Father Sam Martin is our spiritual director talking today about redemptive suffering. So what cross are you carrying these days and how heavy is it? Have you found some way to embrace it, to offer it up and find some light in the darkness of all of that? If you'd like to join us, it's a toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. More of your phone calls. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at relevantradio.com slash forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Inner Life Show or email us Inner Life at RelevantRadio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on the program. Father Sam Martin, our spiritual director. Father Martin is a priest in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin, pastor of Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Wausau, talking today about redemptive suffering. A little bit of time left in the program if you'd like to join us. The cross you're carrying these days, we all carry one. How heavy is it? And are you able to make it redemptive, find some value in carrying your cross? Toll free if you'd like to join us, 888 914 Just a reminder, uh, this is the year of St. Joseph, and we at Relevant Radio want to help you experience the year of St. Joseph. So we're offering you all kinds of resources to help you grow in your devotion to uh, this great saint. Uh, All you have to do is go to RelevantRadio.com or the Relevant Radio app. Click on the banner to experience the year of St. Joseph. When you register, we'll send you a free booklet for the year of St. Joseph. That includes the seven sorrows and Seven Joys of St. Joseph, as well as the Holy Father's Prayer to St. Joseph. You will also receive a monthly spiritual reflection on St. Joseph from Father Rocky and other relevant radio voices throughout the year. And uh, you can sign up right now. Just click on the banner at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. A real quick uh, congratulations to Timory Jaja, the host of Trending with Timory, her husband Gabriel, on the birth of their little baby girl. So congratulations. 
congratulations uh, to the family. Everyone is doing well, we are told. And uh, it gets to be what I call a real horse race as we head to the top of the hour and the end of the hour. So let me just take a moment here to very uh, sincerely extend a heartfelt Merry Christmas to all of you from Nick and Jim and all of us at Relevant Radio. Our best wishes for a holy and blessed Christmas. May the light of Christ um, shine in your hearts uh, this Christmas and throughout the coming year. Merry Christmas from all of us at Relevant Radio. So, Father Sam Martin, um, before we get to some phone calls, I mean, somebody's carrying a cross today, listening, and it just seems to be unbearable. It's so heavy that he or she doesn't know what to do. What would you say to that listener today? And uh, wonder sometimes, is it okay maybe if we don't offer up uh, our suffering to God sometimes? Well, sometimes we just, you know, it's impossible, I suppose. That's what the apostles discovered. Lord, this this is impossible. He said, for you it is. Jesus concedes that point, but he says, nothing is impossible for God. So I uh, remember Jimmy Stewart and It's a Wonderful Life, and at the end, uh, you know, he's at the end of his rope and he wants to to give up. He's going to jump off a bridge. But the angel Clarence dives in first, and then, you know, George Bailey goes from despair to wanting to save this. He doesn't know it's an angel, but um, sometimes if we could just do something for someone else, anything, a little thing, make a phone call, uh, a visit, um, anything that we can do that takes us out of it. We're not alone. We're not the only one. There are others, too. Anytime I start to, to you know, get discouraged in my life, I remember all the other priests around the world that are struggling with some of the same things and, and many you know, much heavier crosses than mine. And that is a solidarity. There's a, there's a communion of, of future saints, you know, the men and women that are going to be. We're just not there yet. But then we can collectively kind of yearn for each other, pull for each other, and, and pray for each other. So I think, you know, watching, you know, George Bailey and It's a Wonderful Life, all of a sudden go from wanting to give up his life to trying to save another man's life. The angel knew that goodness was in him. It just needed to be kind of... Uh, uh, tapped into and and so so it was in, in a movie form but it can happen in real life too so i think anyone that is in that state where they feel pretty blue uh, make a phone call to a family member a friend uh just to say how are you and um not to necessarily disclose our own brokenness but um you know to see the light in others and and to be lifted by that uh, god always he's never outdone in generosity and you know, we do something that we don't always feel like doing but we do it out of love that will be rewarded even now, a hundredfold, the Lord promises. Father Sam Martin, our spiritual director, talking about uh, redemptive suffering. And let, uh, let's head back to the phones. Richard, uh, listening in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Hi and welcome. Nice to have you on the program today. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, Merry Christmas, Father Sam and Chuck and everybody at Relevant Radio. Thank you. And... Um, the reason why I was compelled to call, I believe, was the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit telling me to call. Um, so me and my wife, uh, we've been married for a little over 10 years, almost 11 years now. And for seven years, we've been uh, carrying the cross of infertility. And as a husband, it's, it's, it's hit me hard just as recently because as a husband, you want to give your wife everything you possibly can. And me knowing that I can't give this to her, it's really, really hard, and it's, I guess that's kind of my cross, too, to carry. 
Um, and I've been struggling with it. I've been trying to I offer it up and asking God why, you know, and I know it's his timing is perfect. And, um, and I, I, I just don't know. I mean, it's, it's been really hard as of late, especially around the holidays and, and everything like that, that I just can't give my wife this gift. And I just, sometimes I just don't know what I'm, what to do. Well, you've, uh, reached out in great courage and, and humility today, Richard, and we're certainly praying and, uh, you know, G.K. Chesterton and his wife, same thing. You know, they they bore that all their life, too. And and yet, the paradox, they were good with children. They loved children. They would have had a household full of children. And I know other friends that have had so many miscarriages, and uh, so they found a spiritual parenthood of being godparents many, many times over. And all we can say is that uh, God doesn't want this, and, and it's the wages of sin that, you know, that brought infertility into the world. And so now... Some have to, you know, it's not fair, it's not uh, a punishment, but, you know, by bringing it to the Lord in the way that you have, this is a path that can lead to heaven. It's a suffering that can make us uh, heroic and uh, and generous in other ways that we'd say that, um, you know, the old adage about closing a door, opening a window, but that's something that is, it comes from faith. The people that claim that's true had to have a lot of faith and had to wait sometimes, a long time. I mean, uh, and you think of all the, the stories of infertility and, the, you know, that Hannah gave birth. Uh, you know, we just hear these stories over and over again in the scriptures about people that couldn't conceive, and then ultimately they did. But, you know, for a lot of families, they, they never do. And uh, they have to find, Lord, I don't understand. Uh, that's a great wrestling that will lead you to the dark night of the soul. And, uh, but... You know, we have a God who knows his way out of the tomb. And as you die to the things, the hopes, the dreams that you have as a married couple, something will come. It always does. Out of that empty tomb, a new hope and a new life. And, and someday, as you grow spiritually, you might even get to the point, I've seen it in people where they'll thank God for their cross. I saw an old Carthusian monk that said that he at first he resented being born blind. But he says as he got older and through his prayer and the faith that God had given him, he realized that it was a blessing instead, a blessing that had, um, in his weakness, that he discovered a God who wasn't afraid to be weak and uh, wasn't afraid to accept the limitations of our world. Uh, and in doing so, he saved it. And so for all the infertile couples that might be listening, um, Richard, you and your wife are a, a sign of hope. You're still together, still praying. You still have faith. It's it's not easy. This isn't some kind of a, well, you know, we just uh, say our prayer and we just go along, uh, you know, in kind of a superficial way. No. Now, there are a lot of tears, uh, a lot of real uh, you know, moments in the Garden of Gethsemane, wrestling with why. Well, I don't understand, Lord. We're, we would be good parents, we think. And, and then in the end, realizing it's not my gift to give. This is his gift. And if he so chooses to give. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Living the book of Job, the mystery of, of how sin affects us. Uh, this can make you an extraordinary person, Richard, and your wife too. And it already has. If you've come this far, the Lord says, well, how about another step? We can't see past the next horizon. We don't know what's coming, and that's for the best. But, um, but we honor you and uh, accepting 
this with great courage and humility the best you can, and we promise to pray for you. We, um, yeah. The thing about suffering is no one gets to choose. Rarely do we choose the things that God has permitted, and it usually comes in the way where we're most vulnerable, where we think, oh, Lord, there must be a, a different way, a better way. And uh, St. Francis de Sales always said that the Lord... He gives us a cross that is a perfect fit. It's the one that's meant to lead us to paradise, where all will be well, where these things will make sense. But here we walk by faith, not by sight. When people say, oh, this is why it's happening, and this is... We just don't know, except that God, he cannot be cruel. It's impossible for him. Uh, So he must have some, some plan for rescuing us, where we look back and say... Now, Lord, let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. Now, in other words, to Simeon, when he says those words, he says, now I understand. Now I see. At the very end of his life, just before God calls him home, that he says, Lord, you do keep your promises to all of us for all times and places. And uh, I hope we don't have to wait that long, but uh, God's ways are, are perfect. Yeah, Richard, uh, thanks for the phone call, if I might ask you a question. We don't know the story, the whole story, obviously, but reading between the lines, listening to you, I'm hearing that you're not giving up on God. Is is that correct? Oh, no, I would ne- I would, without, I, I would never do that. I mean, I, I totally believe that his plan is perfect, and me and my wife, we just have hope. It just... You know, when people say that they're, you know, they're pregnant, you know, it gets, it really hits us really hard. And it's not that we're blaming God for this. It's just, we don't understand why. But Father Sam gave me good advice and and I really did enjoy everything. And I have to go back and write everything down after after the show's over. So, but uh, no, I have not, we've not lost our faith in God or or hope or anything like that. Friends yeah, of mine, it, and they, they were infertile for about, I don't know, eight or nine years anyway, and, and the, the wife, the, she always had this support group. It was online, but other infertile women, and it helped her a lot. And um, sometimes in sharing our suffering, that becomes a source of hope, a real gift to others who feel alone. That's one of the toughest things about suffering is that the devil likes to isolate us. There's no one else. You're the only one. And no, we're never... There are lots of people that go... And that sometimes this solidarity, this communion that we experience in suffering is of the deepest type of communion available in this world. And um, then we start to see that the courage in others, the, uh, the perseverance, the humility, the trust, the, the faith that others have, and that, that kind of lifts our spirits. And so you sharing this today, Richard, is a real gift to others that they say, well, maybe we could carry on too. Maybe there's hope for us too. And my friends, I mean, they adopted uh, you know, first nationally and then three domestic. And uh, and then, of course, after all that, I remember the oldest, who was my goddaughter, and she came over and she it was New Year's Eve and she said, Father, there's a baby in my mama's tummy. And uh, <laughs> and she started to cry. And I'm like, really? And then oh, a month later, they went to have the checkup and a long delay and the nurse was just not saying anything. And so they feared that they lost the little one. The nurse came over and she said, I just wanted to make sure because... Um, there are two heartbeats, and so they had baby boys, twins, and uh, and then they had another one. After all those years, uh, so now it's chaos around that house. And uh, I asked the mom, I said, "How do you handle this?" And she said, "I remember the years when it was quiet, 
deathly quiet, eerily quiet, and now she said, this noise, this is God's gift to us. So yeah. a different perspective having passed through um, a real Calvary, but now, no doubt, an experience of the tomb and a new hope. Yeah, Richard, God bless you, and I, I would just echo that. I'm going to bet and, and probably believe you have a, a faith-sharing group, uh, parishioners, friends praying with you uh, and for this. But I just remember years ago, I've told the story before, we, in our faith-sharing group, one of our uh, good, good friends just broke down uncontrollably just uh, because uh, they'd been told that they couldn't have any more children. They wanted another baby. We said, we're going to pray with you. We're going to pray for you. And within about three months, he was pregnant. And um, young Paul is now working in television out on the West Coast. So uh, the power of prayer in our uh, in, as Christians is just extraordinary. So, Richard, God bless you. Thank you for the call today. A pleasure to have you on the program. Merry Christmas to you and, and your family uh, this uh this uh, Christmas season. Father Sam Martin, uh, we can't get to the rest of the phone calls, obviously, but we need to wrap things up. And as you know, we like to close with a final blessing for all of our listeners. May Almighty God fill your hearts and souls with his Christmas joy, with his peace, with the hope that comes to all who follow his Son. May God bless you now and always in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Sam Martin, God bless you. Thanks for joining us. Merry Christmas to you. We'll talk to you in 2021. And uh, just a reminder, this is our last live program of the year. We'll have special programming throughout the Christmas season, and we'll be back in January. But Merry Christmas to all of you and everyone you loved. Thanks uh, for joining us on the program today. And uh, just uh, a heartfelt Merry Christmas from all of us at Relevant Radio.